0: You're listening to Podcasting Paradigms with David Truss, and this is my podcast revival. I had a look just now and realized that my last podcast was in October of 2013, and so for over three and a half years, I haven't uh, put a podcast out. That said, in the last couple of years, I've made a number of recordings that I intend to to use for podcasts, and I'm going to start sharing those in the coming weeks. I wanted to do this sort of podcast revival introduction before I got started, and there are a few stories I want to share. The first one involves uh, my medical health, which had a very scary turn just over 2 years ago when literally overnight I woke up with chronic fatigue. And it's really hard to explain that experience to someone who hasn't gone through it. I suffer a fair bit with uh, back pain. Uh, Things have been pretty good recently but I've had some pretty extreme cases including about 10 months uh, almost 20 years ago where I, I literally woke up in pain every day. If I had a day with extreme discomfort and no pain, that was a a good day. And so when someone has a back spasm or tells me that they suffer from uh, an injury to their back, I I don't just sympathize, I actually empathize with them. Well having gone through this experience of chronic fatigue, I I really understand what it's like for someone who uh, undergoes such an experience because it is an absolutely mentally, as well as physically, taxing experience. Uh, I'll give you a quick story to, uh, to explain that. During the time when uh, I was uh, suffering with the chronic fatigue, I remember having a conversation with a teacher in the hallway and the teacher asked me to do something and I said, yeah, no problem, I'll, I'll follow up with that as soon as I get back to my office. Then I bumped into another teacher and the teacher asked me to do a, a favor, and I said, yeah, sure, no problem. And got back to my office, not 50, 60 steps away, sat down, and literally could not remember the two things I just told those teachers I was going to do. I, I, I sat for about three or four minutes and went over the conversation as best as I could, and, and it was just gone. I mean, I was just, I, I started the day physically exhausted, and just trying to hold two things in my head instead of one completely overloaded my brain I, I then had to write a note to myself to say remember to ask these two teachers what it is I was I said I would do for them because I knew if I didn't write it down to remind myself that that too would have crept crept out of my mind and, and slipped away and so going through that experience was extremely taxing in so many ways and it made me really understand sort of uh what it's like for people when they have not just physical but sort of uh, mental challenges that they're trying to deal with um I've, i've tended to be a high capacity person and so losing that high capacity was was debilitating um and so that's one of those things where uh I started to really try to focus on improving my efficiencies. Now fortunately for me, after about six months of this chronic fatigue, what ended up happening was uh, a doctor found out that I was quite drastically low in vitamin D levels and over the counter vitamin D ended up being literally my happy pill. And it took about six months for me to get to full recovery. But at the same time, I got to full recovery, which is a fantastic thing. There are a lot of people who deal with the same kind of challenges I did, and they end up uh, feeling uh, like there is no getting out of it. And for me, I have to say, uh, when I hit about that six-month part, I I started to question, is this the rest of my life? And it it became this sort of depressing sort of thought that I was genuinely concerned that I I wasn't going to recover. Um, but in a way that was a blessing and it was a blessing for a few reasons. One, it showed me that my priorities weren't really right. It showed me that I wasn't as efficient as I thought I was and helped me look at ways to become a more uh, efficient, uh, person, both at work, um, and in my everyday life. And then also too, um, it made me realize that I wanted to do certain things. So, for example, I'm in the car. I just drove home from uh, shooting some arrows. And I would always wanted to do archery. But it took getting really sick and then getting better for me to say, you know what, this is something... I don't want to talk about it, you know, I'm, I turned 50 this year. I don't want to talk about it till I'm 60 and then get into this. I want to do it now. And so I, I've started this uh, sport that's completely different to everything else I've ever done. Every sport I've ever been involved in has really been about uh, being on a team. And archery isn't about being on a team, it's about... Uh, just shooting and doing the best you can. And there's something really unique and zen about that in the sense that um, everything else, when when a team's counting on you and something goes wrong, you have that external motivation that you just have to do better for, for the sake of the team. However, um, in archery, uh, that has to take a different kind of shift because I would usually get mad at myself and use sort of that anger to improve what I can do. In archery, you can't do that. If you're angry... Uh, because you took a bad shot, the next shot is probably going to suck as well unless you kind of let that go and refocus on all the many things that you have to do in order to um, consistently shoot a good shot. And so that has been, like I said, this Zen experience for me that uh, I get to um do something for myself but then I can't be hard on myself the way I have been when it comes to doing any sort of other sport or activity and so uh, uh, the other thing that I've done is I always make sure that my last round is a really positive round so every time I leave um, every time I leave the field after shooting um, I feel good about what I've done for the day even if it wasn't in general a good day Um, and so that's, that's a little bit about me and looking at focus and paying attention to, to what's important. And that is sort of a side journey way to talk about what I want to do with this podcast because I want it to have a different focus. Uh, there's two kind of key things I want to talk about. Uh, one of them is the focus of the podcasts. And the other one is podcasts in general and why I think they still have a growing future. So the first one is is the, the podcast itself. Uh, my podcasts have been somewhere around the 15 to 20 minute marks. And I think this one will run around that as well. But most podcasts I've been listening to around education have been sort of these 5-Minute bites, and it starts off with a little snazzy quote that, you know, is sort of the Twitter-sized little uh, caption to draw attention to the podcast, and then the podcast is anywhere from 5 to 10 minutes long where the two people are just touching the surface and just getting to... The surface of, of an idea. Um, but what I want to say is what's missing is these short soundbite sort of ideas for the busy teacher are not the kind of podcasts I'm listening to. So the podcasts I do listen to I end up being oftentimes over an hour and some of them go extended up to almost two hours. And what's interesting about that is I have a really short commute. I'm at work in five to seven minutes. And so, when I listen to a podcast that's an hour long, it can sometimes take me a full week to listen to. And yet, I go back to it. I listen to it on the way to work, on the way uh, back from work, I'm heading to my archery, which is only a 15 minute drive, I listen on the way there and back as well. And I will go back and go back to two people having an interview. Because I find that conversation compelling and the fact that they go to such depth makes me want to listen more so than to that 5, 7 or even 15 minute podcast that most people are trying to deliver to because people are so busy. So to give you a few examples of the kind of podcast where I'd listen for extended times uh, Joe Rogan is uh, podcaster, there are a lot of times heal podcasts talk just shooting the breeze with his comedian friends or talking to UFC fighters and I'm actually a UFC fan but I don't listen to those but he has guests like Dr. Rhonda Patrick who does tons of research about uh, health and fitness and and the fitness of the brain that are just absolutely compelling and super interested to listen to Uh, Tim Ferriss uh, tries to deconstruct what uh, excellent people do and if you have ever heard his first interview with Derek Sivers it's just brilliant and the insight that uh, Derek is able to give and, and the kind of questions that uh, Tim Ferriss asked him really sort of uh, make you want to listen and you know that was the kind of podcast where I found time in my day to continue and listen because it wasn't good enough to just get the sound bites uh, a little bit of a time and actually went back about uh, two months later and listened to the whole podcast again when I had an opportunity and then another example is this neuroscientist Sam Harris he We'll talk a lot about politics and and the and things happening in the world. And he's an atheist and and talks a lot about uh, religions and so on. Um, and I don't always listen to to those podcasts, but when he gets someone like Richard Dawkins on and he's talking about consciousness, it's mind blowing stuff. And I mean, I have to stop the podcast sometimes and look words up, but. Uh, It is truly challenging my idea of what is consciousness and uh, do we even have um, uh, free thought. Uh, Those kind of questions that just make the podcast so compelling and so thoughtful that there's no way that a a five or seven minute podcast is going to cover that. So in the coming uh summer, you're going to hear a lot of podcasts coming from me that are about um, anywhere from 20 minutes to an, an hour long, if not longer. And I'm going to try to talk to some amazing educators. And I, I have some already lined up. Uh, from almost two years ago, uh, I had a conversation with Mark Carbone and Donna Fry and just an amazing conversation about some of the ma- some of the things that they're doing in Ontario and that's that's over 20 minutes and then uh, there's some closer to 40 minutes with um Shelley Torres and Barbara Bray and Kathleen McClaskey. that uh, two of those um I did in ISTE over a year ago and one of them I did um, this uh, last year in Philadelphia Educon which is an amazing conference uh, that one I did with Barbara Bray and so I have these podcasts already waiting that uh, I haven't really been as dormant as would would suggest and I could tell that I, I I was trying to, in those later podcasts, trying to ask some really set questions and trying to dig deeper and and, and prep them with some of the questions in advance. And it was a neat experiment. Um, I would love to interview them again without those parameters and kind of dig a little deeper. But I definitely have seen myself get better at podcasting with... uh, the most recent one that I recorded, or recent two, one with uh, uh, Remy Clear and the other one with Grant Friend. Um, so you're gonna see that my ability to ask good questions and kind of go deep on the topics uh, improved with uh, those two conversations. So That's sort of the where I'm going and why you're going to see much longer podcasts from me, and hopefully those are things that uh, when you hear the guests that I have, you're going to be compelled to listen along. The second part is, I'm not going to remember the name of the podcast, but I was listening to a podcast recommended by a parent at my school, and... They were talking about uh, the challenges of uh, some uh, students learning to read. And I thought in the conversation they were talking about the idea that we think in this day and age that reading and writing are are just natural processes that we do. And in fact, they're not. Uh, If you think about reading words, we write down letters which are symbols that we put together to create meaning for words. And then we usually, when we're writing, structure them in a way that is completely different than when we have a conversation. And that's, that's a pretty interesting thing to think about. I mean, if you go back to even just the 1800s, uh, mostly it was sort of the elite's that were able to read. If you go back a couple hundred years before that, it was usually the royalty or monks that could read. And that was about it. And so, um, in the span of human history, reading and writing is relatively new when it comes to the masses. However, storytelling and listening to people sit around a campfire and have a conversation is something that has been going on for millennia. And so that's why I think I have thoroughly enjoyed listening to these extended long conversations. I've not like I'm not someone who's listened to every single podcast someone like Joe Rogan has done. But when he starts to interview someone, I am so impressed with his ability to ask great questions, to actually listen, uh, to further ask clarifying questions, and then to just sort of have a back-and-forth conversation at times and sort of weave the difference between I'm trying to learn and get something from someone to sitting by them and having a conversation. And there are times, I mean, I'm probably never going to meet Joe Rogan or sit in a room and have a conversation with him, but at the same time, there are times when he's having a conversation with someone and I feel like I'm in the room with them. So... That's the point I want to leave you with. I invite you to listen to the revival of my podcast, Podcasting Paradigms, in the coming uh, weeks and months. I invite you to enjoy the guests that I have because they're phenomenal educators and phenomenal people that I love spending time and having the conversation with. And I challenge you to imagine yourself sitting in the room with us and feeling like you are part of the conversation so that's what i'll leave you with i hope that this revival is something that you will engage with please let me know in the coming weeks what you think of the conversations that i'm having with uh people recommend people you'd like to have uh, you think i i should have conversations with and Be so bold as to recommend yourself, too, if you have a message and a story that you want to tell around education, technology, and learning, or other things that you think uh, might be interesting. The Paradigms is something that I will keep the name for a long time, uh, both for my podcasting paradigms and Paradigms for Your Thoughts blog. And I want you to think about the shifts and the transformations that are coming and be excited about how we can all be part of that. So, enjoy the podcast.